Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Mid Street. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. Jeff Nowak, host of Inside the Black and Gold podcast, joining us here on the Views from Mid Street podcast. A little NFC South divisional rivalry pod going on as Carolina will host the Saints this Sunday at 1 p.m. I want to talk here, Jeff, about some individual matchups that may favor one team or the next or individual factors, I should say. And one thing you mentioned just a minute ago that I think is key is turnovers, right? Uh, You go back to week one against Atlanta. Mark Ingram fumbled the ball. He did so again last week. You add that on top of Jameis throwing three interceptions. The Saints have certainly generated fewer turnovers than they've given away Carolina, a very aggressive front seven and a front line that's that's I think it took a lot of criticism from week one and played significantly better in week number two against the very good Giants rushing attack. Giants had what, 270 some odd yards in week one on the ground, and then they held Saquon to, to 60 some odd yards in week number two. But the turnover battle in this game I think becomes very important, right? You go back to the game against the Giants for Carolina where you gave the ball away twice, the difference of field goal. If if you're giving the ball away twice and you lose by a field goal, sans the logic that you could take those two, those two turnovers back and probably win that football game. New Orleans has turned the ball over. Granted, it's been pretty much Ingram and Jameis, but they have turned the ball over five times in the last two Six. Does that concern you going up against a Carolina front seven that has gotten better in week two at getting pressure, at stuffing the run, at getting into the backfield? Is that something you're worried about? They're actually giving it away six times. So I think the turnover you are not uh, remembering is the, the the oddest one, which is Chris Olave catching a 51-yard bomb right. and, then that's right. and dropping the ball. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's, that's not one you put on Jameis, right? Jameis actually made probably the best throw of the game. And uh, yeah, anyway, so they've given away six times, but you know, it averages out to three a game, but this early in the season, that's a very, you know, sample size nightmare because you had one in week one and five in week two, um, four of which came in the fourth quarter, right? They, so, you know, if you're, if you're counting that for the first six quarters of the season, they have one turnover. Hey, that's good. You know, if you, <laughs> so, you know, if you kind of can erase that fourth quarter, But yeah, I mean, the turnover battle is always going to be a huge factor. The Saints got a turnover on Tom Brady in that game. They got a couple turnovers against the Falcons, and that really kept them alive, right? The one turnover that they gave up against the Falcons, they made sure it didn't hurt them because Marcus May was able to punch the ball out against, um, I can't remember who it was, but against the Panthers wide receiver there. And, you know, that's what Chris Richard, the Saints co-defensive coordinator, because they have a co-defensive coordinator system and a head coach who calls the defensive plays, figure that one out, but... Uh, you know, the thing they've been preaching is contact fumbles, right? Not all turnovers are random, 
there's an element of randomness, but a lot of times it's because you get that perfect punch on the ball. You're holding a guy up and you're trying to strip it and being able to do that effectively can be the difference between winning and losing games, right? You saw that at the beginning of this Packers, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Panthers Giants game where they fumbled on their first two possessions and the Giants never take advantage of turnovers, but they put six points on the board in those first two possessions based on nothing other than getting excellent field position on a turnover. And in a, what was, what was the score? Uh, 19 to 16. 19, 16. Yeah, in a, in a, yeah. In a field goal game, those turnovers are massively important, you know, and uh, that's what, when you look at a guy like Mark Ingram, that's the frustrating thing is you bring in a veteran, you bring in a 32 year old running back, not because he's this dynamic running back, but because you expect him to be able to do this stuff in his sleep. He knows the importance of protecting the football. He, you know, you, you, you get nervous about young rookie running backs, putting them in there because you worry about them in pass protection. Well, he has also had really rough reps in pass pro in picking up blitzes where he's missed, especially against the Falcons. So like, that's the frustrating part to me is you you bring in guys for a reason. They have a role. And then when you, you put the ball on the ground twice in two games, you're not picking up the blitz. You know, eh, that's that's the where you lose games because of that. And I think that if you go back and you look at when the Saints lost that game, it wasn't the three turnovers in the fourth quarter. It was that fumble when they were going in for points late in the third quarter because that would have changed how Tom Brady had to play that game. And instead it created a scenario where Jameis had to try to go win it with his arm. And, you know, that's the frustrating thing is you beat yourself um, and then you double down on it. So turnovers are always going to be important. And uh, Jameis had done a good job kind of kicking that narrative to the side, you know, through, through seven games and three quarters, he had a 16 to three turnover ratio in his time or touchdown interception ratio in his time as the starter for the Saints. In one quarter, he managed to erase all of that. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think that th- that's more frustrating for him than anybody else because he knows about that. Everyone brings up the 30 interception season. He's well aware of that. And, you know, it's frustrating for a guy who has been good at protecting the football to suddenly be handing it over. And so, you know, whoever I think that is going to be the story of this game is whichever team wins the turnover battle is probably going to win. We are talking to Jeff Nowak. He is the host of the Inside Black and Gold podcast, the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Odyssey, available wherever podcasts are found. Make sure you check that one out. Uh, Overall, and Alonzo and I were talking a little bit before we we brought you on, Jeff, and there are some, some bright spots for Carolina, some things that Carolina could do better. If I ask you to give me the one place that you think Carolina has a has some sort of advantage or something Carolina is going to do this Sunday that will be able to take advantage of a weakness of the Saints and the alternative to that like what is what is the Saints strength that matches up well with a Carolina weakness what would you say are the, the the things on both sides that you would place into that slot for this matchup well you know a lot of it comes down to the Saints run a 4-3 scheme and that's a big part of why they've been able to be so stout against the run there it seems like every team is either running a hybrid front or a 3-4. Um, but the Saints are very, very devout 4-3, right? They have big defensive tackles in the middle. They, they have strong, fast defensive ends. So it makes it tough to run up the middle, right? You're not going to get a ton of ground up the middle of the field unless you kind of 
force them to take a step back and run some RPO action. And that's where we've seen the Saints struggle significantly is when teams, you know, when the Falcons with Marcus Mariota, when the Eagles with Jalen Hurts are able to run that RPO and kind of force the defensive back to stall and wait and kind of react. That's where they've struggled. So, you know, if, if the Panthers, you know, I know Baker has run some of that in the past. Obviously, you're two weeks in, so there's not a ton. You, you know, you you can't really develop tendencies over two weeks. But I have a feeling that you're going to end up seeing some RPO action out of the Panthers if they've been doing their scouting because it's just something that the Saints have not handled well. Um, in terms of a matchup that, you know, that so in the running game, that's that's where I would say that teams will be able to take advantage of the Saints. I also think deep shots down the middle, right? If Anytime the Saints are trying to run single high, they are at a disadvantage because they don't have a, a true free safety. Uh, Marcus Williams was that kind of devoted center fielder over the past few years, and they brought in Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, who I think are really intriguing and a really good kind of tandem. But neither one of them, I would say, is an elite depth safety where you know you feel comfortable with them getting over the top. If you go back and you look at the one touchdown John Brady threw in that game, Marcus May was nowhere near where he needed to be. He was the free safety in the middle of the field, but he never got over to the only receiver going downfield. And, you know, that's where I think if you're going to make hay against this team, you need to get over the top and you need to challenge the safeties vertically. If you let them crash down, you're going to have a hard, te- uh, a long day. Uh, and if you let Marshawn Lattimore and, you know, if Paulson Adebo plays, he's been out the last two weeks, but he has been back on the field in practice this week. It looks like he's trending toward playing. If you can, if if you allow them to just lock up in man coverage and and just free up, you know, seven defenders to just roam, then you're going to have a hard time making any hay in the middle of the field. So that's, I think, you need to unlock it over the top, force the defense, force the DNs to kind of play the play the run on the way to the quarterback, and then you have a you have a chance to to really kind of run that defense off the field. But it's been easier said than done the last few years. This has been a very good defensive group. And I think if this team is winning games the way they should be, they're winning games on defense. We are talking to Jeff Novak, host of the Inside the Black and Gold podcast here on the Views from Mint Street podcast. Got a couple more minutes with you, Jeff. So, you know, you asked us on our pod. We gave you the answer. I'll give you here. I'll give you the chance to do the same here. Break this game down for me. A couple of minutes just on how you see it ultimately playing out. And what's your final score for this one? I think... This is going to be a take your medicine game. I think this is going to be a, you know, there was, there was a game where the, the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater went into Jacksonville and won 12 to 6. Might have been 13 to 6. But it was like, it was a game where you knew that no one was scoring a touchdown. <laughs> and I think that that's what this game is going to be. You, you have a team that really wants to be dedicated at not turning the ball over. They need to prove to themselves that they're not going to turn the ball over. They need to prove to themselves that they can let the defense win a game. And so I think that's what you're going to get. And so I'm going to go really low scoring. Like you said, low scoring, I think in our predictions, and it was like 21, 17, I'm going like 12 to seven, you know, 12 to nine in that range. And I think that's how the saints win this game. I think will let's kicks four field goals. And you move on, you survive in advance, because I think that is what the Saints are desperate to do in this game is survive in advance, get to two and one, find a way to to get back on the winning track so that when you get to the middle of the season, you are not trying to, you know, push a boulder up a hill like you have been the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, that's that would be my prediction is a bet. The under is a long story short there. Bet 
the under. Anything else for Jeff before we get out of here, Zoe? Uh, I got nothing, but I love your hat. <laughs> it is a sweet hat. The Odyssey, the Odyssey half, all Odyssey bros up in here today. Jeff Nowak hosts the Inside Black and Gold podcast. It is available where all Odyssey podcasts are found talking New Orleans Saints. So for Panthers fans, good opportunity to go behind enemy lines. Lonzo and I sat in on their podcast, which I'm assuming will be available about the same time that this one is. So if you want to get this matchup from the Saints perspective, the Inside Black and Gold podcast is the way to go. Jeff, my man, been a pleasure. We got just a handful of weeks before we do it again down to the Big Easy. We'll have to get you back for that, my guy. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Appreciate it. You got it. Jeff Nowak from the Inside Black and Gold podcast here on Views from Mid Street. Lonzo, anything for the people before we get out of here and go watch some football on Sunday? We're going to be there. Come and see us. We're going to have fun. Keep pounding. Yes, indeed. We'll be at the game. So make sure if you do see Zoe or I, come on up, say hi. Zoe's a big hug guy. He loves good public no, hugs. No, no, so give no. my man a hug. Make him feel better. It was his birthday this week. He wants a birthday hug. We will see you guys in Charlotte. And of course, the next episode from Views from Main Street will be our reaction pod. That'll drop on Monday. Thanks again to Jeff Nowak for filling in. For Lonzo Ritzel, I'm Rob Brown. Make sure you tell all your friends and fam about the Views from Mint Street podcast, your home for Carolina Panthers talk on the Odyssey Network. We'll see you guys back here on Monday to do it all over again. Keep pounding, baby!